altogether Martingale seemed dreary enough, and the ghost stories we had laughed at while sunshine flooded the room became less unreal, when we had nothing but blazing fires and wax candles to dispel the gloom. They became more real also when servant after servant left us to seek situations elsewhere, when noises grew frequent in the house, when we ourselves, Claire and I, with our own ears, heard the tramp, tramp, the banging and the chattering which had been described to us. My dear reader, you doubtless are free from superstitious fancies. You poo-poo the existence of ghosts and only wish you could find a haunted house in which to spend a night, which is all very brave and praiseworthy. But wait till you are left in a dreary, desolate old country mansion filled with the most unaccountable sounds without a servant with none save an old caretaker and his wife who living at the extremest end of the building heard nothing of the tramp tramp bang bang going on at all hours of the night a strange christmas game by jh riddle It's the most spookiest time of the year. No, not Halloween, but definitely Christmas. As we mentioned in our last Christmas episode a year ago, Christmas was a time where we all sat around by the fire and clutched our mugs filled with hot cocoa or eggnog as we intently listened with fear to the creepy ghost stories that used to be shared throughout this amazing holiday. So on this episode, Bryce and I go over the five forgotten yet famous Christmas ghost tales. Stick around if you dare for my sit-down interview with Hollywood Exhumes' Maria Wassenauer as we have an interview from the Andres Pico Adobe Museum. You definitely don't want to miss out on the history and the ghost stories attached to one of the most oldest adobes in Los Angeles, located right in Mission Hills, California. And trust me, some of those tales might want to make you sleep with more than one nightlight on. Andy Williams once sang it so well. There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long ago. Let's celebrate Christmas, Holly Weird style. Hey, boo. Hey, guys. So Bryce and I wanted to make a little episode before I head out to Nola and before he goes into major hibernation mode, right? Yes. I mean, I'm not old enough to be a bear, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) You have a beard, so you are considered a bear in the gay community, right? I don't know how all of that works, to be honest. I think I'm too young, so maybe I'm a bear cub. (laughs) That's right. Tweet us now and tell me what I am. (laughs) You're like, cub for sure, cub. (laughs) Yes. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, we wanted to share a few famous Christmas ghost stories that I'm sure not many of you know about. And if you do, then you're star level creepy as fuck, okay? Yes. And of course, as we discussed in our last Christmas episode last year, we remember the most famous one, the Muppets Christmas Carol. That's the only one that counts. (laughs) I'm sorry. I will die on that sword. Actually, it's the Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, which was written in December of 1843. Yes. And so many renditions of it and different versions of it have been played out on theaters Mm -hmm. and on sound stages. On Muppets. On Muppets. There's a new... A series out on Hulu right now on FX. It looks so dark. Just got done watching it. <gasps> it's you did. Can you just tell me about it so I don't have to watch it because it looks too scary. It's, <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very dark. Yeah, it's gritty. 
it's FX styles. I love it's, it. It's, the costumes, of course, Girl. amazing. Yes, I, bet. I love their versions of the three, um, you know, Christmas ghosts, mm. the ghosts of present, past, and future. Mm. And the story, they really dive deep into the Jacob Marley, how Ooh. he becomes a ghost, how he transitioned to a mm. ghost. They dive, they take a little bit of deeper dives into the, the grittiness of that time period. Yeah. Yeah, not a great time. Not a great time at all. I love that meme that's like, uh, the Christmas story or the Christmas Carol is basically showing that rich people can be generous. You just have to scare them within an inch of their life first. And I feel that that really speaks to me. Scare them so they could drop some paper and coin yeah. on your way. Yeah. Ghosts scare rich people. I, I, I have some ghosts that I need to send out. <laughs> Political. I have some ghosts that I need to send out and also some money that I need to keep. There yes, <laughs> real. Well, according to Colin Fleming of the Paris Review, he writes that there are five scary Christmas tales. They'll make reading these stories like drinking too much eggnog be enough to have you cancel Christmas mm. next year. If only if it wasn't so much fun to get messed up on the eggnog, if you know what I mean. I do. And then, of course, we're going to talk about a little something something we have a little christmas treat for you guys we have a 30 minute interview with historian and um i would say hollywood exhumed bay head yes. bay maria wassenauer if you're not following hollywood exhumed on instagram and facebook then you're definitely missing out she pretty much does a walking tour of la's most famous historical sites amazing so definitely follow her guys now not only is she the brainchild behind hollywood exhume but she's also the vice president of the san fernando historical society and she invited me over to the andres apico adobe so cool. well she invited both of us but, but bryce of course per use yes please if you are looking to give me a christmas gift i am a size clone i need a clone <laughs> immediately <laughs> But for you, you, you work in and you're, yes. you, get, you do get, get a little scared. So that Both are facts. <laughs> but we were able to do an interview inside this famous museum, which is this LA's second oldest adobe. Amazing. And of course, it's pretty haunted. Sure. Maria researches and leads the tours of the Andres Pico Adobe Museum. And she has quite a few ghost stories to share from her personal experiences by Amazing. leading the tours. And also she has proof, documentation of former owner of a former owner that mm. owned the Adobe that had recorded the hauntings that he experienced. Damn. It's such an interesting interview, guys. It has history, it has mystery, and it definitely has ghost stories. And she's such an awesome person. So you definitely want to tune in to that. Also, stay tuned, I think within a week, because Bridget Moorecourt of yes. Ghost Magnet interviewed us, guys, a couple of weeks ago. Oh my God, the pictures ago. are so... <laughs> if anyone doubts that I'm a full-on scaredy cat, just wait till you see these photos. They'll be leaking out pretty soon. It's but so... her producers are Seeing so it awesome. in person, I was like, yeah, I really am the biggest chicken I've ever met. It's so embarrassing. It took, guys, it's it took, so bad. It took Bridget Moorcourt a former Playboy bunny to get Bryce to oh, do no. a ghost. <laughs> so like, please come into the frame. Like, no, thank you. I'm good. I'm good over here. I was literally y'all. I was standing like next to the exit. exit. It is. It was hilarious. And they're like, can you please come sit at the table? I was like, no, no. thank you. I cannot. <laughs> I'll be right here. Thank you. It was hilarious. We're like, where's Bryce? And then I hear this voice and I see this like exit sign above him, like lit in red. And you're like, I'm over here. Yeah. I'm like, no, no. Thank you. In in my light defense, I was there to turn the lights off and on, but also, <laughs> yes. We were so, like, in awe with this whole interview, guys. She's so sweet and I so know, amazing. She's so, nice. so she comes to our, well, my job, Bryce's former job. Mm -hmm to interview us and then to talk about um, our haunted job and mm. also to do a ghost hunt at our haunted job. Yes, so it cool. was really, really cool. They also did a video of that. I'll be posting all those amazing footage mm -hmm. and, of course, recordings very, very soon. Because yes. mm -hmm. um, you definitely want to see Bryce's, you know, I'm spooked face. Yes, that way you have an image <laughs> for how I look every time we record this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we have it documented. Ugh. All right, guys, so let's like 
head on over to these five creepy Christmas ghost tales, shall we? Now, you all remember A Christmas Carol, but there are these five that you have to read over the Christmas break if you want to get a little creeped out. So the first one we're going to touch on is Between the Lights, and that was written by E.F. Benson. Mm. So this was written in 1912. Now, this tale is set on Christmas Eve and looks back on the one the year before when our host had a vision of primal shack entombed beasts advancing upon him as he sat out on the lawn and watched his wife and a good friend play croquet. Now the creatures advance, paralysis has set in, and it is by a Christmas mercy that the hold is relinquished. Yes, on a Nomatoka scale of 1 to 10, I give it an 8.5 on this story. The second one is The Kit Bag. Now, this is a really good one for true crime enthusiasts and if you like a little bit of murder and gore. So this one was written by... (laughs) I assume you do because you're listening to this podcast. (laughs) So (laughs) Like a little blood and gore with your Christmas? Well, here it goes. So Algernon Blackwood wrote this story in 1908. In this story, a law clerk whose boss just cleared a murderer is packing what he believes to be the travel bag said employer has lent him. But the holidays can be very misleading, and one man's toomey luggage can be another sack to lug around a possibly severed body part in. Yeah. Again, there's that notion of warmth, of looking forward to things like our homeboy wishes to chat up some ladies back in the lodge on his ski holiday and affability sense in, of course. Now, on a Nomatoka scale of 1 to 10, I give this one a 9. I read it. It's really creepy. Oof. Really, really creepy. New. So this other one is called Christmas Reunion, and it's spelled R-E hyphen Union by Sir Andrew Caldecott. Hmm. This one was also written in 1912. So this one comes from a volume called Not Exactly Ghosts, an apt summation of Caldecott's approach. Now, the things in his story could kind of happen on their own. Again, we begin with a family holiday party. Always. But there's a guest who's a bit of a dick. (laughs) Also always. Always. Everyone is pleased when he leaves, and wouldn't you know it, he heads out at the same time as a Santa Claus, or rather the Santa, the family thinks it hired to put on an act for the kitties. Now, the prickish guest, we learned, did his uncle a bad turn once upon a time, and his father Christmas knows about it. Worse still, he's an avenging father Christmas. Mm. So Santa is the ghost in the story, maybe or maybe not, because Santa could just be one pissed off kin. So you get the riddle if you, you know, read it for yourself. Mm. On a Nomatoka scale of 1 to 10, I give it an 8.5 Nomatokas. Nomatokas. Okay. This one is a little cray. Mm. It's called Smee, and it's by A.M. Barrage, and this one was written in 1931. So this one is about people at a Christmas party playing a form of hide-and-go-seek. Oh, God, I already hate it. (laughs) No, thank you. In which the seeker advances upon the hider and says, it's me, which uttered quickly and breathlessly enough becomes Smee. So it's Christmas Eve. There is this big old rambling in this house, but one tiny problem. There's an extra player who does not number among the guests. Oh yeah. A sort of moral, downing the eggnog and playing hide and seek can make you want to pull a Scrooge. Yikes. It is a very creepy tale, and on a scale, on a no me toque scale of 1 to 10, I give it a no me freaking toques 10. Damn. Yeah, it's a really creepy tale. So my personal favorite, this one I just read a couple of weeks ago. This one is called A Strange Christmas Game, and it's by J.H. Riddle, and it was written in 1863. So even spook story enthusiasts tend not to know about a good amount of Victorian ghost fiction. Mm. But you know what? Victorian ghost fiction was actually written by a lot of women back then. Yes. So maybe the majority of it was definitely written by Mrs. J.H. Riddle, who was one of the best ghost story writers of her time, period. And yes, queen. She was, yeah, definitely hashtag head B.I.C. in charge when it comes to the ghost stories, all right? Now, in a strange Christmas game, we have that idea of play again, only now it is the ghosts who are playing their hands at the sport. 
a brother and sister inherit a gloomy old estate in Bedfordshire. As you do. Mm-hmm. Family history here is not a long one, except for the fact that former owners of the estate, Jeremy Lester, went missing on Christmas Eve and was never found for 41 years until John and Claire stay at the Dark Castle on Christmas Eve. And do you like to visit haunted chambers? Well, this one is definitely going to give you a sample of that. Mm. It is a it's a 30-minute read for an old-fashioned Christmas Eve tale. So there's murder, there's ghosts, there's true crime. As you do. Yes. So I highly recommend that you guys read this. I read it. It's a, it's a good read. It's, it did take me 30 yeah. minutes, and it's a great short story. I love that. Mm-hmm. And that's so cool that J.H. Riddle was, you know, the head bay who wrote a yeah. majority of these, like, Victorian ghost tales. Yes. Come on, first wave feminism. I know. On a Nomastoka scale of 1 to 10, this one definitely reached 10 for me. Oof. Yes. This is a really Ooh. good tale, guys. Yes. Now we head into our interview with Maria Wassenauer Hi. from the Andres Pico Adobe. Hey, guys. Welcome to Hollywood Paranormal. And unfortunately, I don't have Bryce Mitchell-Williams here, but we do have a really, really awesome treat. We have... Maria Wassenauer. Did I pronounce it right? Wassenauer. 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 And Maria is now one of my new friends. And she is awesome. And she is also the brainchild behind Hollywood Exhumed on Instagram and Facebook. If you guys are not following Hollywood Exhumed, then you're definitely missing out. So Hollywood Exhumed, in short, is pretty much a walking history tour around Los Angeles, California for that matter, right? Uh, yes, most definitely. <laughs> so if you follow her through Hollywood Exhumed, you'll get to see like really awesome historical sites and locations in and around Los Angeles. And she documents them. And not only does she document them, but she's also a major historian. So Maria, you want to say, tell everyone what you do? Well, first of all, hey, boo, hey. There you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I am the vice president of the San Fernando Valley Historical Society and a historian yes um uh the san fernando valley historical society are um caretakers of the um andres pico adobe in mission hills california and we are the second oldest home in los angeles yeah we are currently recording out of the home guys we're inside the adobe museum and we're in one of my favorite rooms of course the costume or wardrobe room and we're surrounded by these amazing pieces of garments that date back as as all the way back to the 19th century right uh, for sure we have um just behind you there's a, a really old trunk that's just filled um with underwear from like the 1880s oh you said really old trunk and here's craig owens behind me <laughs> <laughs> So if you hear clicking in the background, that is our friend, the one and only Craig Owens, who is also the brainchild behind Bazaar at Los Angeles and the author of Haunted by History, Volume 1. So real quickly, what we're going to do is talk about the history of the Adobe Museum. And who, what better person to tell us the history, of course, is Maria, because she's the hoss in that. And it's, it's a rich history, and it dates back to the mid-1800s, right? So um, the <clears throat> adobe itself was built in 1834 by the ex-Mission Indians, um, or so we believe. Mm -hmm. um, there's a little bit of a contro controversy about that right now. Right. Um, but it was built um, with the mission that is basically just across the street from us. Um, and it was used for, for lack of better words, a tool shed, we'll call it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> Later on, um, it was given to Andres Pico, um, who was um, uh, a general and brother to uh, Pio Pico, who was the governor of California. Um, and he gave it to his son, Rumalo, and um, his wife, Catalina, as a wedding gift. Um, oh, wow. So they lived here through... Um, we just got rice for my wedding, so that was it. <laughs> my husband and I are starving artists just kidding, no, just kidding. Um, and so at that time it was a lot smaller than what you're what you're getting now mm -hmm. um, it was just basically the sala the living room right um, and later on um, 
the the area that's now our library was built on, and some fly, fireplaces were put in the garage. So um, it looked a lot different then. Also, it was um, rancho style at that time, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and um, Catalina, um, I guess, was very fashion forward and uh, wanted to come in and redecorate. Um, as she should. As she should have. Of course. This was like her personal <laughs> large she said shed. <laughs> it was her she shed. <laughs> she was she could have had she could have had an HGTV show. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> Catalina Styles. <laughs> um, and so she uh, decorated it um, to what was on trend then, which was Victorian. Um, nice. And some wood floors were laid upon the existing floor right now um and so that's kind of what we've recreated nothing is original to um the house everything that we have um in the house right now um are donations yes you guys receive a ton of donations and it's beautiful because it really like adds so much to the allure of the house kind of gives you an example of and a feel for you know how people decorated and how they lived and sure I, I would say like it's not one specific decade that it, it really it, isn't and that kind of upsets me a little bit because for a tape for a, a little a little while mm-hmm. um we had a mid-century modern coffee table um and it was <laughs> although I really wanted to take it home for my for my own living room right um it just it just didn't it didn't feel right and so, yeah, we have a Vitrola and a player piano and a couple of things that, mm-hmm. you know, everything's kind of a, of a different time. But, you know, it gives you um, that, you know, kind of vintagey feel. Mm-hmm. The other thing that we have a lot of are um, religious artifacts that were, um, I don't know if we, we, we salvaged or what exactly you would call it. But when, um, when the Pope made um, a visit to Los Angeles in the 80s... Mm-hmm. Um, the San Fernando Mission kind of decided to redecorate and got rid of all their religious um, artifacts slash tchotchkes that had a little knicker chip, and we just took them all. They had oh, wow. a little bit of a, like, yard sale, and then we just <laughs> went and gathered them all. And so you can see them throughout the adobe. So it kind of sets that kind of missiony feel to it. It it certainly does. And I had no idea that this mission, this, this museum existed. It's quite sequestered. Here in Mission Hills, tell me or tell everyone where it's currently located. Um, it's um, actually, if you know the San Fernando Valley, you would probably know the Bear Pit, which is a very, very, very famous <laughs> barbecue never, restaurant. I have heard of the Bear Pit, <laughs> uh, and we're right across from the Bear Pit. But yeah, we're um, we're just off of Sepulveda, um, you know, basically just across from the San Fernando Mission. But we're kind Perfect. of tucked away. So if you make that turn onto, onto Brand, um, you better turn on that blinker quick because you're going to turn right into our lot. I've, yes, I had that mis- I made that mistake <laughs> a couple of days ago <laughs> on my way here for the first time. But yeah, it's pretty sequestered here, um, tuckered away in this area. But um, I guess let's go into the stories of what else this mission also carries so there's a lot of talk that it has a paranormal association to the history well i wouldn't be here otherwise of course <laughs> let's get a spooky please <laughs> very I'm, spooky very spooky I, I mean i'm 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 claiming that one of the reasons why it does have some paranormal association because catalina is like why do they have a modern table in the middle of my victorian <laughs> living room <laughs> For sure. I think she I think she'd also be very irritated at like the little papers that describe she's like, what are these index cards? Um, but anyhow, um, yeah, well, that's something for me that I love to kind of um, dig and see um, what could actually be a fact or fiction or lore. Um, also too, it's separating between, is this a haunted location or right. is it, I mean, you have to think we have very, very, very old things in this house. So yes. are they carrying crazy energy? Is it a combination of both? Yes. Um, that I, I like, there's so many possibilities. Let's start right here. Let's begin with the legend. The one thing that I can tell you that, um, a lot of people 
seem to have seen is um, the figure of a woman in our upstairs window. Oh, yeah, you told me about yes. that. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and that's kind of been one that more than one person who um, has been working here, maybe, you know, a docent um, or a volunteer of some kind, mm -hmm. um, has been outside in our courtyard. Um, I know someone specific um, who told me this story. I've known them forever, and they told me the story way before I even volunteered here. And she's a, what I, doing air quotes, a non-believer. Mm -hmm. but was kind of like freaked out by this story. But um, we rent out the park for parties. It's how we sustain ourselves. Um, and uh, the adobe is locked when we have those events in the park. No one's allowed. And she was here opening and closing the mm -hmm. gates on that specific day. And she had locked the doors and was walking away and for some reason decided to turn back. And when she looked up, she saw somebody in the window. Oh, man. So oh, she wow. thought maybe somebody had gotten in the house, uh -huh. and so she went back in, and what do you think she found? Nada. The modern coffee table. <laughs> the modern coffee table. <laughs> the modern coffee table. <laughs> the, girl, the girl was like, pick up this table. <laughs> Take it out Take now. Take it out now. <laughs> it's clashing. <laughs> oh, wow. So there was no one here. It no, was just yeah. her. It was just... Most definitely. Oh wow! Most definitely, but she will still pan it out to the wind, right? That <laughs> oh, of course, she is a of skeptic. course. Yes, I she think is. it was the wind. You, she the wind is, and I remember like a woman. I, and I, I mean, I heard this story um, years and years and years ago. I've known her separately from the from the historical society. Mm -hmm. She had told me this story. Um, the other thing is, people have seen um, um, a small child, um, not exactly saying whether female male just a child in the upstairs very close to where we are now in the costume room yeah like there's next door, <laughs> next door there's um a nursery yeah. but that nursery only came to be like maybe a year ago oh, before wow. then it was file cabinets in there so <clears throat> it's not like ooh, it's you know a nursery and there's a ghost of a child and la 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 and so we're kind of working off that no at this time that i'm the story that i'm about to tell you it was file cabinets um and one of our um docents was here um downstairs um and there was a man doing research upstairs in our research area and so no one else was here everybody was leaving um it was kind of like the wrap-up at the end of the day and he comes downstairs and he tells her oh is that your your grandchild upstairs oh hell no <laughs> and she was kind of confused and she was like no what do you mean and he's like you know the small child that was running up you know running around upstairs right. is that your grandchild and she so she said I'm here alone there's no one with me um and so they both went back upstairs and yeah no small child no grandchild oh man oh my god but that was he said that he saw the child in what is now our nursery did he describe what the child looked like or? He didn't, which I wish I would have gotten that description just because, you know. And the only child I know who lived in the in this house, um, because the um, the Picos did not have children while they were living in the house, but the Clarks, who moved in shortly after, um, in the 1890s, um, uh, Emma Clark was a small child at the time. Mm -hmm. Um after that, the Harringtons moved in in the 1830s. They did not have children. Um, and so and th so that was the only family known of that had a child. So, again, mm -hmm. whether it's, you know. Uh, Brought in by whatever, by something you know, was that, donated exactly. here. Then it, it probably has an attachment. That's a really, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had this discussion a lot with other um, investigators and even um mediums that um a lot of times it's like not just a home or a location that can be haunted like say a haunted house it could be a person it could be a place a thing too sure so there could be attachments where like with individuals individuals can have attachments objects can definitely have attachments just like homes can have attachments too so maybe it could be something that was attached to one of those items that carried the spirit or 
maybe this energy of this little child. Oh, most definitely. Oh, yeah. Now, um, you've had some personal experiences in here, too. Well, I had an experience um, not that long ago in that specific area, um, which is sort of the hallway that takes you to the nursery and um, the costume room that we're in now. Yeah. And there's, um, I was giving a guided tour, and um, there was a stack of posters, maps, kind all kinds of stuff like that kind of leaning up against the wall. But the one that was in front of it was an actual framed with, like, the glass front. It was weighted. Mm -hmm. um, and as I walked by, it just kind of came flying at me. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> So I kind of just like picked it all up and played it off and then kind of, you know, leaned it back to where it was. Right. And went about my business. As soon as the tour left, I was like, I need to go investigate. And I kept trying to reenact it, like stepping hard and yeah, that kind of stuff. That's good. Please tell me you have some sort of a paranormal investigation kit here. You're like, I got my K2, my recorder, and my, you know, <laughs> magnifying glass. <laughs> Yeah, I called Scooby in. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I could not find a logical explanation for why it, you know, decided to fly at me. Um, and then, so the next court tour comes about, and um, as we're walking into the bedroom, we have um, kind of like a little railing with a little gate, um, I think, to keep the, you know, if we're doing a large tour, to keep the crowd out of the bedroom. And it has... Um, kind of like slots in between and on the other side of it um I, I don't even know exactly what this object is um but they're like little metal balls and they were sitting, i saw them yeah. yeah i don't even know what they were originally and they're There's, not that heavy no either. and there's so many things in this house that you have to ask somebody else like what is this exactly because it's something you've never seen before and it, uh -huh. it has you know probably a really good explanation but yeah, I don't even know what these are for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, it came, as we were walking in the room, it kind of came flying at me. But it kind of had to do like, oh my God, you know, God. make a right, make a left, make a left, make a right, and then go the through. The setup of it, because I saw it, guys. And we're, I'm going to take a picture of it just to show you guys on Instagram how this thing went through a mm -hmm. certain crevice or like this... It's like this metal bar fence or railing. And then there's like yeah. a quilt laying over it. Yeah. It's so it's like kind it of like to yeah. snake its way. It, yes, yeah, yes. I think that's the best way I could describe that's it. That's the best way. So it landed at my feet and I was kind of like, huh? And <laughs> the, <laughs> the lady. Like, I could just look <laughs> What? I was like, what? <laughs> and, <laughs> and so um, the lady I was giving a tour to kind of just looked at me and I was like, oh, I'm like, you know, mm -hmm. oh, we probably just stepped wrong. She was kind of like not buying it and left shortly right. after. And then after, you know, I went back and did the whole like, if I step hard. Yeah. Because I just think this this house is like all creaky. If you're if you're downstairs and there's people upstairs, it's right. scary AF. I keep feeling like I'm going to get squashed. Like something, like you know, it's so old. Yes. And. Um, I mean, even the doorways are pretty. Everything's creaky. Petite and creaky. Yeah. 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 Definitely uh, don't want to be in here during an earthquake, but then again, it has. Oh, it's been withstood. It's been no, it's been retrofitted, so you're good. Oh, good. It Perfect. sustained a lot of damage good. in the uh, Northridge quake, and it was retrofitted. So That's we're, the real we're, horror. We're probably safer here than anywhere else. Perfect. Awesome. Um, but yeah, so I kind of went and did my little own little investigation with my. What did you say? My magnif magnifying my glass, glass, your voice recorder, and your my K2. ruler. I had I a know. ruler. <laughs> A protractor. <laughs> it wasn't the wind. <laughs> um, but that, like, when you told me that story, I was like, how does that happen? I'm perplexed by it because there's so many things blocking that little decorative item there. I'm just going to call it a decorative item. Like, I was like metal Victorian nunchucks or something. I don't know. But, I mean. They almost look like you'd put, like, um, um, potpourri in them or something. Yes. You know those little things that you put in your closet? I know it's not that, but yeah. that's what exactly it kind of looks like. It has like little holes in it. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll take a picture. We'll take soon. a picture and you guys can yeah. tell us if anyone out there who's into like these types of, you know, items and things or Victorian relics, I guess, you know, can let us know what they are. It'll be 
greatly appreciated, especially for Maria's sake, because she's like, Victorian nunchucks, Victorian potpourri holders. <laughs> Catalina's probably like, it, there, this is what they are. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that is a very interesting story. But also, I love the fact that when I came in here, you didn't tell me anything, like, none of the history connected, or the haunted history connected to this house which I personally like because I just want to go in and feel. Sure. And um, and I remember telling you, like, you tell me. Yes. Because <laughs> that's what I kind of like. And I did the same way with, with Craig. Although he kind of gets a feels in one specific area. And I actually get the feels in this room. Like, in this closet gives me the feels hardcore. But he says he doesn't feel anything. Um, Craig, do you feel anything right now? No. <laughs> he said no. no. It feels kind of... <laughs> feels pretty good in here. Yeah, I don't does. know. Probably it's because I'm in my own element. I love costumes and wardrobe and vintage clothes. I'm like looking at this lace detailer here. I'm trying like to focus, but I definitely felt fuzzy in that other room. The bedroom. The bedroom where, the bedroom. yeah, you explain where that um, decorative item was placed. I felt very fuzzy there. And then, of course, I got a bit of a chill in the children's room. But here I felt I felt pretty decent. So the one story that um, kind of keeps um, um, really kind of recycling itself and um, it's the one I, I kind of tend to believe the most just because it, it's come from three completely separate people, walks of life at completely different times in history. But um, Mark Harrington and his wife Indica in the 1830s, um, Mark was the... Um, the curator for the Southwest Museum and he came and him and his wife lived in a tent for a while here and they refurbished the entire house and so he said when they were first able to oh and let me preface that by saying that Indica was a really big believer of the paranormal and there's actually a picture of her that we have standing in front of the adobe and there's a form in the photo that she said was said to have believed was a Oh, um, we have to see that. Yes. I didn't see that last time I was here. No, I don't think I showed it to you. No. I, I always search and go, like, where? Huh? <laughs> so recently we came across Mark Harrington's diaries, and one of his diary entries said that the first night that they stayed upstairs in the bedroom, that they kept hearing footsteps. Oh. Um, and the footsteps would stop once it got to the top of the stairs. And they would hear walking around downstairs. You know, the first time he was concerned, because there for years and years and years there's been rumors that um that there's gold buried in them their hills no not really um <laughs> gold, gold buried here somewhere and so there'd be a lot of people who would come and try and like you know in the middle of the night scavenge and see if they can find gold. oh wow yeah um so he thought maybe it was somebody was coming onto the property and he would find nothing and this happened pretty much every night until um, he just basically stopped trying to pay attention to it and then it just he just just kind of stopped um and she was said to be terrified to like walk through the living room on her own um on her own at night oh my goodness mm -hmm. so that was the first the first time that i've heard that um and then just recently a man came on a tour and the adobe was used um in the late 50s um, early 60s-ish as a YMCA. And this gentleman who came on the tour said that when he was a young boy and he was in the scouts that he had stayed overnight here. They were The scouts were going on a field trip early morning and they had this whole thing where they got to stay here and they were all upstairs trying to go to sleep and they kept hearing footsteps downstairs. Oh my God. Um, so it was kind of the same story and mm -hmm. it really made an impact on him because he's retelling it, you know, some 50 years later. A few years ago, APRA came out and did a paranormal investigation and um, you can find, you can listen to those online on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, but it was the same thing. It was, it was footsteps. Um, it kind of sounded like men's boots on on cement so Who three completely separate occasions right totally not connected same um story that's what i tend to believe right in your gut who do you think it is walking around um you know i don't know i mean i want to be all like it's you know um rumalo maybe but oh. but why i'm not exactly sure if he would have been that attached to this house, why mm -hmm. would he come back? Um, I don't know. 
you know, I don't know if Mark Harrington wore cowboy boots, but oh no, no, that wouldn't have been him because he's the one that felt it first. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it would have to be Rumolo because he was the first resident of the home. If if we're gonna go with the theory that it was somebody haunting this house, right? And the woman in the window, who you think that might be? Oh, I want to definitely think it's Catalina, just for the sake of it's mm-hmm. Catalina. <laughs> now, Catalina was the child bride, right? You were showing me the pictures downstairs, and I was like, oh, is this a father daughter? You know, that's husband and wife. I was like, hmm? right, <laughs> right. And in the photo, in the photo um, below the photo, it says she was 16 and he was 30, but. Um, she does not look 16. No. I did and, not and, look and, like that when I was researching 16. a little. There was also this whole thing, whether her name was Katarina um, or her name was Catalina, because on different. Um, her birth certificate said one thing, her death certificate right. said another, and it gets kind of, but um, we've determined her name is Catalina, um, and she was actually 14 at the time that got married. Oh, and that was common. That was oh, a common sure, thing most back definitely. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that, that, I, I seriously thought it was father daughter. If you weren't married by the time you were 16, you were a spinster. Yeah, but I mean, they were married for a very long time because there was like the picture of them when she was 14, sure. and then it, there was another one. Yeah, it's one like of she them. finally caught up. It's yeah. Like, you couldn't tell the age difference. And you that. told me a very interesting story connected to that, that couple. Like someone, I guess, was doing an EVP session downstairs or in one of the rooms here, and they caught an EVP of a response because someone made a comment like oh like i was explaining to um there was a gal here and she was um really taken back by the age difference right um so i was explaining the situation to her and then um it was being recorded and then later on um it came back and it said love is love and a man's voice or was it a woman's voice it was a man's voice oh wow Mm -hmm. so that's intelligent right there. He's responding. Super. super. <laughs> yeah, that's probably him. He's like, love is love. <laughs> and then you, we, hear, we heard her in the background, and she's like, get rid of the coffee table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's why people are hearing the boots still. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've definitely had some of the feels. I haven't had any experiences yet, but I love to do, I love to do, like, a private investigation here. Oh, for one sure. Night. Yeah, definitely. I love to bring a couple people in to do uh, an event here or some sort of investigation just to kind of see what's around here but I think it's a combination of things I think it's because it's like who owned this house and it's you know history along with other pieces here I mean I'm looking at a World War II uniform that has to have some sort of energy attached to it and I'm looking at 1920 cloches and um this 1910 you know Victorian dress I mean there's so much here you know, it's really crazy like uh, I'll be uh, locking up for the night and I forget to turn off the light up here and I, I literally do the thing where do you, you run? where you run <laughs> and I'm like it's all in my head it's all in my head and then I just like run back down the stairs yeah that's true mm-hmm. I would do that too <laughs> this is I mean in um, in relation to another location Heritage Square are you familiar with yes. that area um, when I was shooting a feature film there we were I was located on the second floor of the specific one of the victorian homes it was the greenhouse that's right next to the it's like the law like this tall like white queen anne victorian and um i i was told like oh it, there's like some strange activity around the location people said like oh they've seen like a, a ghost of a little girl there's a ghost of a woman on the second floor of a specific house and the houses really didn't have any sort of history no violent history no signs of anything bad that happened in any of those houses but what the location has and that parallels with this location is that it collects a lot of antique items right i told like one of the dosans i'm like i believe the reason why you have a lot of this activity is because you guys have vintage medicine bottles vintage like medical bags they have a museum like a pharmacy museum all the way in the back and then in a lot of these homes they have just a plethora of like victorian and antique furniture i mean they even they even do like a reenactment of a morning in one of those rooms yeah Mm -hmm. so i mean lord knows what it stirs up. That, yeah, stirs up and conjures up. So, yeah, like we said, it's like, is it a house? Is it an item? Or is it things that people just bring in? So who knows? Right. Paranormal is always inconclusive, so. Oh, most definitely. Oh, yeah. Well, 
thank you guys so much. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us for this little short episode on the Adobe Museum, guys. Definitely go check this place out. Where can they find out more information on this location? Um, You can follow the San Fernando Valley Historical Society on Facebook, or you can go to our website. Um, And also stay tuned because we will be hosting ghost tours in the near future. So you yourself can come in and kind of see what you feel yes oh my god i want to be a part of that so bad (laughs) and where can people find hollywood exhumed hollywood exhumed on instagram Mm -hmm. on the gram on the gram and facebook right and on facebook yeah guys definitely definitely follow maria on there and take a little tour throughout history in california and los angeles for that what i dig up yes there's a lot of cool things that you have on there well, thank you. Yes, a lot of cool things. Thank you so much, Maria. Wow. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. You look cute. So do you. Thank you. Bye. I know. Love you. Bye. Okay, wasn't that a crazy Girl. set of tales? I love tales. I love the tradition of like ghost tales at Christmas. It's kind yeah. of like a lost art, mm-hmm. but I'm still terrified. <laughs> it's about balance. It always is about balance. Like how much eggnog and water should you consume? Oh. I actually don't love eggnog. It like upsets Me my stomach. Either. I can do like one very tiny punch bowl glass, you uh-huh. know, like the little plastic ones. Yeah. That's like my limit. What about the rum chatas? I have to be careful with any dairy. Yeah alcohol it just makes my stomach so upset yeah it's good. you'd be blowing out of both holes huh? yeah girl yeah, yeah. i'm <laughs> once you just switch to like straight vodka it's hard to go back <laughs> he said alcoholically <laughs> i like my champagne <laughs> Ooh, yeah yeah bubbly. it's only 90 calories per Ooh, glass girl bubbles yeah a lot of bubbles i want to be ha- you know digesting a lot of bubbles in new orleans oh girl i bet yeah we're gonna see that big gumbo Pot drop in New Year's. Oh my God. So in New Orleans, if you go to the French Quarter, mm. uh, you know, in New York, they have that big, mm-hmm. you know, light ball that drops in the mm-hmm. middle of Times Square. We have a big pot of gumbo Hilarious. that drops in the middle of Jackson Square. That's amazing. It's a big thing, yeah, because we have celebrities now and it's all like televised and stuff, which Damn. is really, really, really cool. I could use some gumbo, I feel. <laughs> what has that light oh. ball ever done for me? <laughs> Oh, yes. Parige gumbo and some etouffee mm, on a cold Christmas day. Oh, that's amazing. So... That's what my family does. We cook a Aww, lot. Mm, that's why I love going to New Orleans for Christmas. Speaking of New Orleans, guys, I'm going to try to coordinate an interview with Bloody Mary from the Haunted yes. Museum as oh a little God. Christmas treat. She owes me an interview considering the fact that my niece and I got locked in her haunted museum I know oh my god that story March. is still so insane she owes me that so Please. I'm gonna try to make I'm gonna try to make it happen guys and of course Bryce will be scared from afar yes that's know your brand it's yes fine. well guys we wanted to wish you a wonderful Merry Christmas yes I we can't wanted, it's been a year it, it has been what a year this has been two years since our podcast I know. has been up can't you believe that? No, I can't. It's kind of crazy <laughs> in some ways. Yeah. In some ways, it does feel like that. In other ways, you're just like, what? We just started. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm just so fortunate for, you know, everyone that we met. I know. Everyone that we've spoken to. We're so thankful. Yes. To be in the presence of so many people. I know. Everyone's so nice everyone and, like, supportive. Is. And it's such yeah. a cool community. I want to give a couple of thank yous real quickly before we see you guys in 2020. Yes. We want to give a big thanks to Rob Cohen. Rob Hi. and Christine Cohen. They're the producers of Ghost Magnet with Bridget Moorcourt. Yes. And, of course, Bridget Moorcourt. I know. She is so sweet. I'm she so really nice. is. I'm so in awe of her and her podcast mm-hmm. and what she's doing and talking with so many professionals and people yes. in this community. And I'm so happy that she, like, invited us onto yeah, her so podcast. so sweet. And then, of course, Scott Michaels of Dearly Departed Tours and yes. Museum. Hi. Such a sweet guy. As you guys have heard and probably read on Facebook, Mm -hmm. um, the museum will be closing, unfortunately. And I think um, it'll be open up until the end of February. I could Mm. be wrong. But yeah, after many, many years, he is closing the museum, but he will still continue the tour. So if you need to take a tour and do a dearly departed tour in and around the Hollywood area, he is still going to be doing those tours, of course. So you better come over here and do them, guys. Get on it. it. And then, of course, Craig Owens of Bizarre Los Angeles. And last but not least, Maria Wassenauer of Hollywood Exhumed. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. And of course, how could we forget Matt Lytle? I know. Of Ghost Loop. Oh my God. It's so, it's, <laughs> wait, what's today? What's today? Is it, oh, no, it was the 21st. 
Today's the 21st? No, the 22nd, because I leave tomorrow the 23rd. So it come, it came out? No, it's coming out in a week. In a week. Okay, that's right. Uh, math. Math is really hard. <laughs> I'm on break. I don't have to do math. I know. Mom! <laughs> I'm not wearing a watch. I'm, so I'm not excited. constantly looking at my phone. Yes, but I have it on my phone. I have it set December 27th, yes, guys. Tune I in. I can't wait. And watch the new Travel Channels series, Ghost Loop, starring our friend Matt Lytle. We interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, so definitely go and check out episode 48 with our friend. He just Matt. posted like the new trailer. Yes. And I got like so spooked. And we're going to post it on our Instagram. Yeah. So you guys can look, watch it's so it. It's insane. It's the one really where crazy. she's like in the bed. She's like, what was it? I was like, I don't know. What was it? Why are you in bed with I, a ghost? <laughs> I got so scared. Like, oh no. It looks so good. It does. We're so happy and excited for him and his team. Yes. So guys, make sure you tune in and support them. And I guess we'll guys see you in 2020. See you in 2020. Isn't we made that it. crazy? It's I know. the future. Well, Merry Christmas, guys. Yes, and have Mary. a creepy new year. Yes. Bye. Bye. Hollywood Paranormal was made possible by our listeners and our patrons. Speaking about patrons, want to become a patron? Want to help produce an episode of Hollywood Paranormal? Then head on over to our Patreon page, which is www.patreon.com forward slash Hollywood Paranormal. There you can donate as little as $1 or more per month or for three months or for six months or for as much as you want. And that dollar does help us go a long way with production, new equipment, and to fulfill our iced coffee habits. But you'll also be benefited with some awesome treats such as stickers, magnets, and even coasters with our logo on it. And not to mention, you'll be invited into our secret podcast society of Saturday Night Ghost Club. Saturday Night Ghost Club is a bi-weekly Patreon podcast made and delivered specifically and directly for our patrons. These are some Saturday Night Ghost stories that I've collected from off the streets from strangers because everyone has a ghost tale that has seeped into the darkest places in our mind and has never let go. You can even preview Saturday Night Ghost Club episodes on wherever you get your podcast fix. Speaking of podcast fix, catch up with their past episodes on Blueberry.net, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Stitcher, SoundCloud, CastBox, Player FM, and even Spotify. Can't get enough of Hollywood Paranormal? Then stalk us on Instagram and Facebook at Hollywood Paranormal and on Twitter at HWP Podcast. Have a story that you're dying to share with Bryce? <laughs> no pun intended. Then email us at hollywoodparanormal at gmail.com for our Listener Tales episode, which we know that we're conjuring up one pretty soon, so we'll love to read and even share your stories with the rest of our listeners. If you love Hollywood Paranormal, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot, and it helps us indie podcasters become a little more visible. Have a safe and wonderful Merry Christmas and a Hollywood New Year. Till 2020, friends. Always remember, stay Hollywood.